the key here is how do we get people's titles to suck less? And I know that you speak about a few key emotions that are really important to try and trigger inside, you know, your title to really get people in there. So could you discuss what those emotions are that people should really focus on? And if you're listening or watching, I'd probably take out a pencil and a piece of paper right now. Welcome to the podcast game. My name is Chris Jordan. Today, I have a guest that I am extremely excited to share with you. When there's someone that's talking about YouTube titles, most of the time, none of us know what we're talking about. And in my mind, YouTube titles, podcast titles, really titles in general are the most important thing when it comes to having people see your content. And so today's guest is Jake Thomas. He has built a business around titles, specifically YouTube titles. And I really want to start this interview, Jake. One, thank you so much for being here. But I am curious about why you think titles are so important, so much so that you actually have built a business around titles. If you don't write a good title, no one's going to watch your video. And that's that's it. Like, you know, you could spend, you know, 40 hours making the perfect video. Um, you could have the perfect thumbnail. And, you know, thumbnail might, you know, might help. But if you have a, a title that people are like, oh, yeah, this isn't what I'm looking for, or this doesn't compel me to click, I'm, I, you know, I, now I don't care about this video, then you wasted all that time. And like, not only did you waste all that time, but you don't get any of those benefits. Like, you don't get any subscribers, any leads, any sales, uh, you know, anything. Uh, any AdSense on YouTube, you know, if you're on YouTube. Um, <clears throat> so just, you know, and it, it's kind of, you know, it's like, uh, it's like the 80 20 of like creating content. Like, if, if nobody clicks, you know, then no one's going to watch your stuff. But if you can just get really good at titles, you don't have to be that great at creating content to get at least like some momentum, right? Like, uh, you know, if you, if you can master titles that it's going to help you, uh, help you go a long, long, long way. And also titles are just like simple. It's not like thumbnails. You got to know like photography, lighting, Photoshop, you know, all the, all that stuff. Like titles are just five to 10 words. Um, we can all write five to 10 words and you can, if you can write those five to 10 words better, uh, then you have a really good chance of your content, uh, being successful. That all makes sense. People hear that it's going to make sense to them yet. 99% of people honestly suck at writing titles. No offense to anybody listening. I, I, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I would say that I've definitely learned a lot over the last couple of years, learned a lot from you, but in general, most people suck at titles and they're like, well, then why isn't my content doing better? I'm putting all this time into it. And like you said, like if it, if it doesn't, you know, pique your interest, no one's going to click on it. Why do you think people generally are, they're almost like afraid of like trying to, you know, title their videos correctly? I guess I have a lot of thoughts on that. Um, one, some people, they think like, oh, my, my content is really good. I shouldn't need to, uh, to trick people into clicking. Or, you know, so that might be one thing. Also, some people might be like kind of the opposite. Be like, oh, I'm going to write the best, um, <clears throat> most optimized title. And they're going to have all caps and 10 exclamation marks. And it's just going to be like the coolest thing. Um, and it's also nobody, nobody really talks about it. Um, I'm kind of surprised that I'm like the only one who has built like an entire business around titles because they're so important. Um, and I did that because a couple of years ago, I was a YouTube channel manager at a fishing company and I was awful at titles. I almost got like fired <laughs> because I was so bad. 
Um, and my boss was, um, <clears throat> he was really good. He had like a copywriting background and he knew the importance of writing a good title. Um, <clears throat> and it's also, he had like a, like a sales page copywriting background. And it's the same thing with sales page. Like you need someone to read the headline of your sales page. Like if they don't do that, they're not going to read the rest of your sales page and you're not going to get the same. Um, and it's the same thing with with YouTube and with um, email subject lines, blog post headlines, you know, whatever it is. Um, you just need to get someone's attention and get them into your um, into your content. But my boss was he was really good at um, he was really good at writing copy and writing headlines and titles, but he didn't know how to teach me. Um, and he so like I would spend, you know, all like like three hours writing like 10 different titles and like, all right, what do you think about these? I'd send them over. And he'd be like, well, why don't we go with this instead? And like instantly, like his one title in about like three minutes was better than the three, than the 10 titles that I spent three hours on. Um, so that kind of, and obviously he was like, kind of like insinuated, like, yeah, this is like the most important part of your job and you suck at it. So if you don't, <laughs> if you don't fix it, we're going to need to fire you or we're going to need to move on. Um, so I just, I spent a lot of time trying to, solve that. Um, I'm not like naturally gifted at writing titles. Um, but, um, I eventually figured it out. I'm a lot better than I, than I was. And I think because I'm not naturally gifted, that helps me like, uh, that helps me teach a little bit better and put into words what makes a good title better than most people who like my boss are just, they, they just naturally know like what they, they have that feel. Um, so yeah, I mean, and also titles are different. Like I, I grew up reading Harry Potter and like, you read like the chapter titles of like Harry Potter and it's like some like kind of just like out there thing that's like, oh, this is like kind of interesting. Um, so when I was like thinking about YouTube titles, Harry Potter chapter titles were like kind of on my mind. And that's definitely not uh, the, the not the way you want to be creating content. Um, so there's just I don't know. There's there's so much different stuff out there and it varies. And I don't know. I mean, it's just. Yeah, people. I don't know. Nobody, nobody really talks about it. And so I decided to be that guy. Yeah. I love it. Well, one, like I, I mean, I think you got to start just giving your old boss, like some commissions, you know, cause like he accidentally <laughs> like gave you like your, your business. Um, really cool. I mean, no pressure, right? Like, Hey, you got to learn to write titles or like you're fired, you know, no, <laughs> yeah. no pressure at all. But like, I actually, that's such a good story. And honestly, dude, it inspires me and takes a little bit of pressure off me of like, Oh, the guy that I know is like the YouTube title expert is telling us that he like still struggles with it, um, which is which is cool because like, yeah, there's some people in a lot of ways you're like, oh, I could just, ne you know, like they just get it. I'll never get it the same way, you know, and that could be applied to titles, to podcasters, to creators of any sort. Um, but it's really cool to like, you know, just break it down, reveal behind the curtain like, hey, it's, you know. Uh, we all struggle, but it's like through the doing that you've actually still improve every single day on this and obviously have had, you know, major success and learning from like, you know, putting on titles that your boss was just like, hey, this sucks to now you're <laughs> like, you, you feel really good about it, but it's still not easy. And so that actually guides us perfectly into, so let's assume most people's here, their titles are just not good. You know, the titles for, and, and again, like, I think we're mostly talking about YouTube titles here, but that I think applies to podcasting. It can apply to headlines because like if your YouTube title is good, then your podcast title will be good. The algorithms are very, very different. Um, and actually like, well, that's why I'm excited to talk to you because like, I think YouTube is a really great discoverability 
uh, opportunity for for podcasts. You know, it's really hard to discover podcasts on if they're just audio only. Now, the key here is how do we get people's titles to suck less? And I know that you speak about a few key emotions that are really important to try and trigger inside, you know, your title to really get people in there. So could you discuss what those emotions are that people should really focus on? And if you're listening or watching, I'd probably take out a pencil and a piece of paper right now. So those are the three click-worthy emotions, and we'll talk about those in a second. But I'm going to share like a, an easier way to think about it, and that's the DJ Khaled method. So DJ Khaled method is when you're remixing proven topics with proven frameworks. So at the fishing channel, um, uh, we knew that like redfish lures and trout lures worked well. So that was our proven topic. And then what I would do is I would go to like finance channels and a video that did really well for that finance channel would be like best or like 10 best credit cards of 2023. So that would be a proven topic, 10 best blank of the current year. So then I would remix my proven topic uh, or sorry, that would be a proven framework. So I would remix my proven topic of like trout lures with their proven framework. So I would come up with 10 best trout lures of 2023. Um, and that's just like the easiest thing that you can do to write titles. Um, trying to find just like a couple channels that make similar content to you. Um, and like, okay, what did they do? And how can I remix their content and um, just like adapt that, uh, that framework to mine? And then you don't really have to worry about anything because you're just modeling. Um, what has worked, but also you're modeling most of the times, like in this example, in a different niche. So I'm definitely not copying. Uh, I wouldn't say 10 best trout lures are, is copying from 10 best credit cards uh, because they're in totally different niches. But, um, you know, but that's like, that's the easiest, that's the easiest way to get better at writing titles. And that's what I did. Um, so like my newsletter has almost 900 like viral title breakdowns. So um, it's, and I, I just, I just modeled like 900 different titles and then then you start to see the patterns. But you, the easiest way is to start with the DJ Khaled method. You do that 100 times and they're going to be like, okay, my audience likes when I say this or my audience doesn't like when I say this or like this, the, these themes work well for my channel or for, um, you know, for whatever you're creating content in. So that's definitely what I would do. I call like, I have a list called like the model 100, uh, the dream 100, um, I think I got that from like Russell Brunson. And that's just like a list of your, um, of people who have the same audience as you. So, uh, you know, if you have a finance channel, your dream 100 would be other finance channels, um, finance Twitter pages. And that's where you get your proven topics from. And then you have your model 100. Um, and those would be, so like you have a finance channel, you might have like fitness channels, nutrition channels, um, uh, you know, like marketing channels. And then, and then you would just model from those. And those are channels that create similar content to you, but, um, but they have, they're either they're like, like they create the content that you want. You're like, Ooh, I really love the way that they write their titles. Um, you know, I love the way that they make their thumbnails and everything. So anyway, so that like just taking a step back, that is the easiest way to write titles. Um, but what you're going to start to notice is that, uh, you'll probably see the three click worthy emotions all the time. And those are fear, curiosity, and desire. And it's usually curiosity plus fear or curiosity plus desire. Um, and if the most the most common one is curiosity, um, I asked like Daryl Eves and Pat Flynn, um, two like, you know, really good YouTubers, 
like, hey, what is the most important thing when it comes to a good YouTube title? What makes a good YouTube title? And they both said one word, curiosity. Um, so if you can learn to master curiosity, that would be uh, that would be huge. Um, and, you know, as you don't really need to worry about that, you know, if you're doing the DJ Khaled method at first, but eventually you'll start to see, okay, this all comes down to these three emotions. How can I just master these three? Yeah. And I feel like when you, when you look at, you know, channels where you can find the frameworks <laughs> for you to then model on your own channel, you, you can start to identify which ones are curiosity, you know, plus fear, curiosity, plus desire, like all of those, you'll start to, to model them. But I do love that idea of like finding, you know, frameworks to, to model as a start. And then you can get into the, you know, where you're like, okay, well, these all work. And then you can start to you know, eventually create outliers yourself where then people will then look at you and they'll actually start stealing your frameworks and stealing your models. 100%. But also, like, unless you know what makes a good title, then you're probably not going to stumble on to some, like, you know, some some crazy viral title. Uh, but you will learn, you know, after you model 100 times. And it's just like, it's like learning any skill. Like, you don't, I, you don't just pick up the guitar and, like, play, like, oh, yeah, like, I'm just going to start soloing here. No, you like you copy other uh, you copy other songs. You, you know, Mary had a little lamb, Happy Birthday, and all the other stuff, and or you know, Wonderwall, and then yeah. and then you start uh, and then you start um, writing your own stuff once you know what works. Um, but yeah, no, and I one hundred percent agree with that. I love that. Yeah, I mean, so one thing that I think a lot of people would be curious about is how to find you know, I, obviously, like yeah, find the channels, maybe create that Dream One Hundred list. That's a great idea. Um, but even like sometimes maybe some people are starting very, very basic and that still feels like kind of confusing. Are there any tools or like, you know, browser extensions or anything that you use to help identify videos that are worth actually choosing, you know, to, to model after like their proven success? Uh, it's funny that you mentioned the browser extension because we're currently working on one. Beautiful. Um, <laughs> we, um, we're, yeah, we're currently working on, uh, a browser a Chrome extension that automatically does the DJ Khaled method for you. Um, but uh, it's not out yet. <laughs> um, but I mean, just uh, there's a couple different ways that you can, at least for like your model 100, that's probably the easiest one to start with. It's like, who are your competitors? Um, so if you have a, uh, if you have a, a, a finance channel, like you would look up, like you type in the search in YouTube, best credit card channel or, you know, best credit cards. And then you'll see, you know, all the results and you can you know, click into those channels and see which of those, um, which of those channels are doing well and which, which of those channels are your competitors. Like, you know, someone might have like best credit cards, but maybe they, um, you know, maybe their, their channel is about, um, like corporate finance or something and you're more personal finance. Um, or maybe they're all about like, you know, the stock market, but you talk about personal finance. So, you know, maybe they're slightly different, but eventually you're going to, if you search and you click around and just poke around, you're going to find your competitors. And that's the, that's certainly somewhere like, that's the first place I would start is just model your competitors, put your own little twist, um, on things. You know, don't just straight up copy. Uh, but that's just going to help you get a feel for like, oh, okay, this audience likes this, these topics, this audience likes these type of types of titles, you know, maybe their lists, um, you know, maybe they're just like, you know, how to education, like tutorials, like how to blank in 2023 or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, just certainly, yeah, searching, um, just being like a fan of, of your, of, uh, you know, a fan in your niche, like just like watching content 
And then eventually you're going to start seeing like in recommended, um, you know, on a little sidebar on YouTube, like, oh, these channels, you know, watch these next. And then you go to your homepage and you're going to see more stuff that's recommended. Um, so that's how you can kind of train the algorithm to show you what you're looking for. Um, and just, you know, take a note, like have a Google Sheets, um, uh, a Google Sheet with all that information, you know, uh, you know, what's their channel link? What's their channel name? What do they talk about? Um, and just slowly just build up a database of like, all right, these are my competitors and this is what works for them. Therefore, I'm going to talk about the same topic. Smart. Love it. That's super actionable. Like I hope truly, if everyone's listening, like this is truly will like change the trajectory of your show and of your YouTube channel. One thing that is, I think it's like a nuanced thing, but I want to dive into it a little bit is you know, it's the the steal like an artist type of thing where, you know, you've kind of talked about that, but there are some examples where there are a lot of videos where they have literally almost the exact same title. And I just wonder, a prime example of this, I'm sure you saw this, a couple of months ago, there was a, a theme that went viral of like, I read X amount of books on money, here's what will make you rich. And I saw like 10 plus videos go extremely viral with that same title, but yet maybe the only variable that was different was like the number of books. And I just wonder, you know, in that case, like if somebody saw that, they're like, dang, there's 10 people, with those titles, like this person read five books, this person read 17, like, you know, uh, should they just like copy that? Um, and maybe the only variable that's changed is, is a number. And mostly like my question here is like, are there times where you should literally just copy exactly or maybe for your brand's sake, it's still better to just find small, small areas to tweak it. If you've done a good job at building an audience, people watch your channel because of you. Like they want to know your insights and like, you know, that stuff works. And like, yeah, a lot of people might, you know, even if like a hundred people made the same video, uh, I have, you know, three specifically like for podcasters. Um, like, like that, that connection is really deep because you just spend hours and hours. Um, so yeah, I want to know that person's, um, that person's thoughts on this kind of viral topic, um, or this trending topic, just because I respect them. I like, I like, I like their, I like their opinion. Um, so yeah, in that case, it's, it's like, yeah, you're like, you're kind of modeling, but at the same time, it's possible you're doing your audience a disservice because you're not sharing your take on this really interesting trend, um, and they probably want to hear it from you. Um, so, so that's one thing. The second thought on that is that, like, yeah, it does kind of stink when you see everybody making the same stuff. Um, it doesn't feel, to me as a creator, it doesn't feel great to do that. Um, so, I, uh, you know, I that's why that's why I have the model 100, which is channels in a different niche. So to try to kind of avoid that if possible um so that you're not just like straight up copying um you know there is there are some topics that they just work and you probably need to or it would it would be very helpful for your channel if you made content about that topic because it's proven to work every single time and it's like people just love it and they can't get enough of it um so yeah do that however um i don't know i that's just I, I try I try not to do too much of that um, and I try to get inspiration from outside my niche so that um, so that I'm not just straight up copying and so that you ultimately you stand out more I do love that perspective I 
One nuance that I've experienced when I've worked with different creators is I've done some where, you know, we'll do this sort of really your strategy. I've also done where we literally have like taken a title and the only change, right, is the the number within the things we're listing off. So from three to seven, right? And that difference, you know, was different enough, but that, that video was proven to work and those videos got millions of views, right? And so it's like yeah. kind of tough. It's like, I feel kind of weird that we like maybe borrowed too much, but at the same time it really worked. And we provided, obviously we helped a lot of people, you know, and I think at the core of it, I like your strategy more. I think it's a really like, it's a really good way to like steal like an artist versus like straight up copy. At the core of it though, I've talked to different creators where we've, you know, kind of talked through this and they're like, well, like if this video is blowing up, like, should I make a video, like kind of borrow the title and like kind of, you know, see what they said in the video and you know, borrow from that. And that is where I'm like, absolutely not. Like, in my opinion, like, I mean, you can look at somebody and see, you know, okay, how did they present, take what you like, but like in terms of information, that's where you have to differ. And I think that's what you're, what you also just said. Like, if you're a big finance channel and a, and a finance topic's blowing up, you're doing a disservice of not creating a video around that same topic where people are like, okay, you know, this person talked about it over here, but oh, my other favorite guy is talking about it over here. But what's different is what you share in that episode. And if that is, you know, specific to you and is, you know, your story, your experiences, then I think kind of regardless of the title, it's like if the stuff is different, then you won't get like in trouble. And I think maybe that's kind of what I was getting at. like, at what point, like, can you kind of get <laughs> called out? Like, I don't want anybody to get called yeah. out, but, but obviously we are all playing this this game, this you know content creation game where there are things that you should do and titles is one of them, but there's that kind of that nuance. So I hope that that helps provide a little bit of context for people yeah. and a supportive and appreciate like your nuance. Is there anything else around that that from your experience you want to add in there to support creators? Uh, so what you just said, like getting in trouble and getting called out, that's something I was just like thinking about this morning um, is that someone had like a problem with the way I write my newsletter. And I was like, that stinks. Like that's annoying. But then at the same time, I had a lot of, uh, a lot of support for the newsletter and like people share like, Hey, like, you know, I, I got this awesome result from the newsletter and I'm kind of like, all right, are these people who are getting these amazing results? Are they also the ones that like, Oh, I have a problem that you did this for their, you know, for the most part, they're different types of people. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to try to only focus on the people that I can serve well and the people that are, that appreciate me um, versus like, oh, you did this. And like, I don't know, those people I'm wondering, uh, I don't have like data to back this up, but I'm wondering if like those people like are just like haters and they just, they want to find something to complain about. Um, and they're probably never going to be those people that are, that will like get a lot of benefit from my, cha uh, from my content because they are the ones um, who are looking for problems with it instead of the ones that are saying, oh, this is how I could apply this to my own stuff. Okay, now I'm going to get some awesome results. Yeah. No, I love that. I mean, I'll say I love the newsletter. You're doing a great job. A lot of newsletters maybe have similar, you know, frameworks that they walk through or, you know, people have, again, this whole thing of like titles that are maybe really similar, but at the core of it, if what's within it, I do say to some people, I'm like, well, this title is like proven to work. Um, you know, maybe your video won't go viral, but it'll take you at least from like five to 
30,000 views. And if what you're saying is drastically different from everybody else's video, because we're not watching them, we're just borrowing this title and changing, you know, maybe the number, right? Um, that there's still value in that. And if people get mad, like if, if two people get mad, but 20,000 people now get to view that video and you just help change their lives. I mean, you know, the, it, it's worth 100%. it there, right? So I think at the core of it for everybody, it's like, what? <laughs> we're not saying to copy anybody's content. It's just the titles, if there's something proven, there's definitely, you know, there's a reason it worked. And so we can learn mm. from that. But I do really, really love your Model 100 idea and really like borrowing from other, you know, because then you can actually be the first within yes. your niche. 100%. That's, I mean, I sh you, you teach that. I know you teach that, but like I just made that connection in my brain is like you can be the first. So instead of like, like that's how somebody first made that, you know, I read X amount of books on money. Here's how to get rich. They probably modeled that from some other niche, and then they were the first. They blew up, and then everybody just started to you know borrow from them. So your framework is how you can become the first in your niche. Jake, that's really good. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I like I like to think so. I mean, yeah, I mean that's the, and it's all you know all the stuff that we're talking about today is just psychology, and a lot of the books that I'm reading about like psychology and copywriting were written. I mean, I read I'm currently reading a book that was written in like the 30s i think night like you know the 1930s that's crazy uh, so 100 years ago because psychology doesn't change um you know people don't really change uh been thousands and thousands and thousands of years and if you can learn psychology of people then that will help you write better titles but also just create better content and products and every they'll help you with everything if you can learn psychology um and that's what i'm that's my mission is to get better at learning, understanding, and teaching psychology. Love that. And it's also kind of like a win-win thing. Like by becoming better at understanding psychology, like it'll help you in your life, but also in writing better titles for your show, <laughs> right? Like that's literally like a win-win situation. So I love that. I'm super, super fascinated by that. Um, definitely share that, you know, passion with you, but I love the work that you're doing with that. One other aspect that I think a lot of creators don't understand and, you know, maybe didn't even like ever think about it or understand the power of is the idea of split testing titles and the idea of like, you know, you could put a lot of effort into a title and maybe it just doesn't work the way that you want it to. That doesn't have to mean that your episode is dead forever and you got to give up on it. I have experiences where I've seen videos where it had one title that, you know, did okay, but by through testing it over and over, eventually finding the one that cracked it could take a video from a couple hundred thousand to millions of views. And I'm just curious on your kind of beliefs around split testing. Um, and I think let's, let's take it super like foundational and then build up from there because I think some people might have never thought about testing changing their titles. Yeah, I, I love I love testing, uh, and also just like so, we're talking about how to get better at writing titles. If you sp split test a ton of titles, you're gonna see patterns because you're gonna have like data of all this. Like, okay, this title did better than this. This did better than this. This did better than this. And then you can start to at least what I do is I start to come up with hypotheses, and I'm like, I think that you know this title is about um, is about uh, curiosity and desire, but curiosity and fear works better for my channel so i'm actually i'm gonna i'm gonna split test curiosity plus a desire versus 
curiosity plus fear, and I'm going to see what does better. Um, and that's how you can just really, really start to understand your audience and start to understand titles. Um, you know, you do need to have a certain uh, number of views. Like if you're getting 10 views a video, probably not going to get accurate data. Um, but, uh, you know, if you're getting a couple thousand and you're, and it also depends on how long you're on the test, but then you can start running tests and kind of like stacking, um, just like stacking learnings, um, stacking knowledge from all the tests, like specifically for your channel. I love it. Um, I, pr I might even say that I love, I love the learnings that you get from AB testing more than like actually optimizing an individual video. Um, because that can help you with every single video in the future, not only like what you, um, you know, not, not only what is, um, you know, like, you know, that for that one video. So, yeah, so I love that. Um, that's why I don't really love, uh, so YouTube is coming out with AB testing, um, natively and they don't share CTR. They only share like percentage watch time or watch time share, whatever it is. Um, and that's why I like, like TubeBuddy and thumbnail test because they, um, they'll tell you like, all right, the watch time was this and the CTR was this. So you can say, oh, with like, this title is actually misleading. Um, like it was a good title because it had a high CTR, but it was misleading because it, um, you know, because the, the watch time was terrible. Um, so there was something about, you know, something like a, there's a mismatch between the title and the content. Um, so anyway, so yeah, that's, and then as far as like, you know, AB I don't uh, is it, do we do we cover the the ground rules of AV testing here? Do we want to dive into the nitty gritty here? The only other things I want to clarify if people don't know, like CTR means like click through rate. That's like the amount of people, like the percentage that are clicking on your video that like come across it. Um, you know, the higher you get that, that's the higher, you know, d literally data telling you like this title is working. Um, and we talk about like watch time. That's just the amount of time people are spending watching your episode, you know, your retention on the episode. YouTube is really, really great about that data. I'd say podcasting, the space has a lot to improve there. Um, you know, and uh, there's some, hopefully some cooler tools coming out around that soon. But, you know, it's really important. Like what you said, I, I think it's just helped good for us to clarify. Like, say you have a really, like your your click-through rate is great. Your title, like it's like, oh, people are clicking this. But your watch time is like going down. That means like you've clickbaited somebody into something like, you're promising something, you've cracked that curiosity, but your delivery is not good, you know? And so like, maybe it's almost better to like dial it back and find something where it's like the click-through rate, you know, is is maybe a little bit less, but your watch time is going up. That means like you're you're actually finding the right audience, which I think is, yeah. a, is a nuanced part. So yeah, I think that covers the basics from there. But then- but what you could do with like that scenario you just said is you take that title that was like misleading and clickbaity, and then you make another video where you deliver on that promise, and and now you you know you're starting with a good title and you're gonna give like good content kind of behind that title, and now you probably have a really good video on your hands. That's um, that's incredible. That's such a good such a good point. I love that. I I did uh so I'm calling this the the Frankenstein strategy where often, so I use thumbnailtest.com um, and that lets you do hourly tests. Um, so uh, so I have like a, a little side projects channel uh, and I, I, almost, I almost, almost all the time, I do an hourly A-B test on day one because I'm getting a couple hundred or a couple thousand views an hour. So I can do, I have enough volume to get decent data. 
And a couple weeks ago, or actually, no, this is like a couple months ago, I did an A-B test and I had two uh, title and thumbnail sets that did, but they both did really well. One matched the content a little bit better. Um, so I, I went with that one. But with the other um, the other title and thumbnail set that, that did well, I kind of just had, had that in my back pocket. Um, and then a couple months after that, I did a, a video that my CTR was just like terrible, 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 but it was like good content. Um, and, uh, and the, and the, uh, the average views ratio was pretty good. So what I did was I unpublished that video. I reworked the intro. I used the proven title and thumbnail and then made a new video, uh, kind of like Frankenstein, like, all right, proven content, terrible title, proven, um, you know, proven title, but didn't have like a video. I put those together. Um, and that video did very, very well for me. Um, so that was uh, that was that was the Frankenstein strategy. Um, I love that, and yeah, I love that's practical. Cool. Like this practical, that's actionable. And I think what really inspires me mm. from that, and I hope just like you know, because this this can feel overwhelming, right? Or just like again, you'd be like, oh, well, like yeah, Jake's like the YouTube title guy, like he's got it right. But it's like there's still so much learning to be had, and you literally took like what most people could be like a flop or like oh, this didn't really work out. And you were like, no, 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 like, there's something here. Let me spin it and then create another video later on that then popped from your learning. So like you literally needed the, you know, and but it literally was like the flopped video, the flopped episode to get to the one that really popped off. And so it was worth it to go and try the one because you'd learned so much and you literally got a proven model later. Yes. Yeah. 100%. So that was, uh, Every every time you hit publish, uh, you're learning something. So try try to maximize those, and that that that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to maximize them, and in this in this case, the Frankenstein theory, the Frankenstein theory, it worked well. Love that, and I love the name around that. So to kind of go a little bit deeper and just clarify for people, so you use a tool called ThumbnailTest.com, and on day one, you're typically testing by the hour. Like how like how many we're talking like every single hour on that first day, or like. You know, f- how many in the first day? And then from there, how often do you, you know, yeah, test a title on a video? I think just to help people understand, like, when is it too soon to do it? When is it too late to do it? You know, like kind of your belief around that, I think would help people a lot. Yeah. So I started this channel uh, a couple months ago and I, o- I only kind of uh, almost almost a year ago. And I only recently started doing this uh, hourly strategy because when I first started, I wasn't getting enough volume. Um, And I was, you know, if you're getting 10 views an hour, even if you're getting like 100 views an hour um, and you run a test that got, you know, for like 10 hours, um, 500 views on a test is not as valid or the data isn't as, as it is as likely to be true. Um, than if you were getting like 5,000 or 10,000 views on, on a test. So, so it took me a while to get to this place. Um, oftentimes um, I wait. So like the YouTube algorithm is interesting because on day one, it's pretty, uh, pretty predictable. Like it, it's the, you know, the YouTube is going to show your video to your, to your audience. And then the few days after that, then it gets a little bit, a little bit um, less predictable. Then it's like testing new audiences, and then it's trying to trying to you know put out feelers like all right, who is this? So I don't really like to A/B test like on days like two through like five. Um, so and with with TubeBuddy, 
I believe you only have daily tasks where it does every other day. Um, so in that case, uh, I wait five days um, and for, you know, for things to settle down a little bit because my, my biggest, the big, like the big thing that I want to, to learn with AB testing is I want consistent or I want accurate data. I don't like my, my biggest fear is that I do a test on days one and two. And the problem is that your, your CTR is almost always going to be higher on day one because YouTube is showing it to you, to your like super fans. Day two, it's almost always going to be lower because now it's like there are fewer super fans to show it to. Um, and now they're trying, you know, testing out new things. So if you do an hour or a, like a daily test on day one and two, day one is almost like by default going to have a higher CTR on day two. Um, so that's like the problem with testing titles too early. Um, it'll be, it'll kind of settle down and get a little bit more consistent um, after a couple of days. So that's, you know, just tactically speaking that's why i wait a couple days um just to get more accurate data um that's super super practical super helpful i mean that even like helps helps me a lot just to kind of know like it, it does make sense to where it's like the biggest point here for everybody to take in is is data and really the more accurate data that you can get the better you can make smarter decisions a really helpful clarifying point is definitely the fact of even like if your video gets a couple hundred views over a split test that that might not be i mean it's obviously some data but it like it might not be super super accurate um and so honestly so say someone's like at this stage where i mean literally like my youtube channel for this show is brand new uh we have 15 subscribers on that you know i have a little bit more experience in this so i'm gonna try to you know do what I know works, take your, you know, model 100 kind of concept and take all of that. But someone that's like in my shoes where it's like a show that's just started really on YouTube, it's more worth it to just keep making episodes and keep trying to get better versus like testing by the hour. Cause like that literally wouldn't give me any accurate data and that would take a lot of energy. Maybe at what point, what size of a show or channel would you say it's worth it to start split testing? Because split testing can give you massive results, but I do think there's an area where some people could get caught up in it, where it would actually be more beneficial to just focus on creating the next episode and, and really trying to, you know, learn from everything else versus like split testing by the hour. So like, what's a, a baseline when you're like, okay, now it's really worth your energy to start this? If it was me, I'd probably wait until I'm getting a couple thousand views per video. Um, and yeah, and I, I 100% agree with you in the, the, the channel that I recently started, I did do a lot of time manually, like changing thumbnails and titles and like taking like, you know, and like, you know, you know, like taking, um, notes like, all right, you know, the CTR was this on this day. And, you know, I just had a, like a bunch of notes, didn't really do anything. Um, what did do, what did work well was creating new content, uh, that was like, you know, uh, based on like previously successful titles um and then like you know, the that thing started like kind of taking off um and then i went back and i a b tested that and this is all assuming that you have evergreen content um if you are making news um or if you're um if like you're talking about like a tutorial like a you know i did you know how to start a youtube channel in 2022 um you know you're probably not going to want to test that um 
you know, uh, but, but if you have evergreen content, then yeah, you can AB test forever. Um, and I, yeah, so until you're, if it was me until I'm getting a couple thousand views of video, I'm probably just moving forward um, and just focusing on creating the best content I can every single new video. And then once things start to take off, once I learn my audience a little bit better, then I'll go back um, and start and start A-B testing. Super powerful, super helpful. And I love to just go there sometimes because sometimes I'll hear in interviews, like people start to say stuff and I'm like, well, is it too early to do that? Is it too like, you know, like <laughs> just the baseline. So I love that like generally like a couple thousand views is where you can actually have enough data. And so I hope that's really helpful for a lot of people because um, I don't want someone who's getting like 10 views a video and they're like, testing every hour because because <laughs> they'll just go insane you know we don't want yeah. that we want people to stay sane another thing is that um i published a video like the week before thanksgiving and i did an hourly test uh this is like a nine out of ten video so it was a, it was a really 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 bad video and can um, you explain real quickly what that what a nine out of a ten and what that kind of means for for people on youtube yeah so when you publish on youtube YouTube gives you, it's like, oh, this video was a one out of 10. It had like the highest views out of your last 10 videos. It got the most views out of the last 10 videos that you've published. Um, so it's always changing because, you know, if you publish 10 more videos, then like, then it's looking at the the, the, the previous 10. So um, so that's like the ranking. And, and one of 10 is good. 10 of 10 is bad. Um, it, it, it's like a little bit, uh, it's a little bit counterintuitive. Um, so anyway, so this video was very poor. It was a nine out of 10. So it like, yeah, it was, it was really bad. And like, it wasn't just like a nine out of 10. Like, oh, it was like an almost like, it's pretty close to like five or a five out of 10. No, it was, it was really bad. And I did an hourly AB test. I increased the CTR a little bit, um, but not like that much. It went from like 4% to like four and a half percent or 4% to like 5%. Um, it was still, it was still pretty bad. Um, and, and then, so I, so on day two, I'm like, all right, like this, this title and thumbnail set is a little bit better. I'm going to go with that. And it, uh, views still stunk. Days two, three, four, five, six, seven. And usually around for the, for this channel, around day seven or so is when I, um, was when I, when I try to make a change, but day seven was Thanksgiving. So I was busy. And then day eight was black Friday. So there was like a ton of noise on, um, on the internet day, uh, day, um, 10 and 11 or eight, eight, nine, whatever it was the next few days were the weekend. And I, I didn't feel like putting in too much like mental effort. And the next day was cyber Monday. So there was even more noise on the internet. I didn't feel like I was going to get accurate data. However, on the next day is a day like 12 or whatever on Tuesday, the, the views started go and then they started going up and then all of a sudden it just like took off as, and it didn't take off until like 10 days later. Um, which is, uh, Normally, this channel it takes off like the the videos take off day like six and seven um pretty consistently, and this time it just it took a long time for YouTube to find the audience. So, you know, YouTube does there is always that chance of like you know just you give give YouTube more time. Um, in this case, I had some hope because um like the you know s subscribers per one thousand views was pretty was higher than average. Likes per 1,000 views is higher than average. Average view duration was like 25% or higher than average, maybe even more, maybe like 30 or 40% higher than average. So I knew that like there were good signals um, from this, uh, you know, from this video. And I just, I had a feeling that with a little bit more time, YouTube would find the right audience. Um, and it did. Um, so we're talking a lot about 
split testing and stuff. Sometimes you just got to be patient and let let YouTube find the audience um, and good things can often happen. I love that. Yeah, I think that's a really important thing that most people don't even realize is that like, especially like you said, if you're making evergreen content, so stuff that people can watch in five years and it will still be equally as valuable versus obviously if you're kind of a current, you know, trends and news and all that stuff, then like one, like just bless your soul, but two, like it's just it's a, such a harder game to play. Uh, I would never want to do that. Um, and so I admire anyone, but like, if you're doing evergreen content, then like, yeah, it can take X amount of time, but then it can blow up. So like, say a video, you publish it and it, it just, it flops on day one and day two. And you're like, Oh, this, this sucks. But what you said, I think is the point that people could take away is like your, you know, your watch time, like people that were clicking on it, were watching it for longer than your typical average. And so really, like, if there's signs of something like that, where you're like, okay, it's not blowing up yet, but the people that are watching are really enjoying it, then it might just be more YouTube's algorithm is trying to find the right people to push it out to. And so, like, yeah, if if your views are low, your watch time is low, like, something's happening, right? But if there's signals within your data, and again, just making decisions based on data is such a, like, a good way to think about it. But it's like, okay, it's not getting a lot of views right now, but people are watching it, then it's give it a second. And I love that you, like, that's just a practical example that you've seen. If you feel like I did everything right and it's not working, it's like, it might just take a couple weeks. Some can take months, you know, and then at a certain point you can revisit and be like, okay, maybe I test a different title. Um, but in general, it's like if we, if you, someone practiced all the things you have taught in this episode, I don't even know how many videos are uploaded every day to both YouTube and podcast platforms at this point. Like it's insane. And so it might just be that patience game on top of practicing all of the right things. Um, because then the success definitely will come. Yeah. 100%. And YouTube is just, YouTube is so interesting because, you know, videos can, flatly you look at your view graph and it's just a flat line for a year and then all of a sudden bing, it just like shoots up and you're like what the heck is this yeah um it's so weird but it's so like that's why i think it's really important you know especially like you know a lot of this show you know a lot of people like want to grow a podcast and it's why that is why youtube is really important is because that discoverability factor like you literally would never experience that on audio platforms unless Someone, Spotify wants to roll out a huge change and, you know, or Apple Podcasts, you know, they want to make it easier for creators, which I hope they will, then that's great. But like YouTube is playing such a different game. It allows you to tap into that where literally, you know, if you make awesome content, you have the titles, you listen to everything Jake has told you today, you know, it might take a year, but then you, it blows up and then everything changes, you know, so everything changes overnight because of the stuff you did years ago. Just so awesome. I really appreciate your time, man. I want a couple final things. Um, one, I want to know where's the best place that people can support you, you know, show you love, learn from you. Where should we send them to? Creatorhooks.com. Um, it's uh, my newsletter is Creatorhooks. I send out five uh, viral YouTube videos every Monday. So we talked about like the DJ Khaled method. This is pretty much the DJ Khaled method for you. This is like the the model 100 for you. Um, and I show you like, this is why it worked. So talking about like the three click worthy emotions. And then here's how you can use this uh, for your channel. So that's that's the DJ Khaled method for you. 
Um, yeah, so creatorhooks.com. And then on Twitter, uh, Jake Thomas. Um, if you just search Jake Thomas, you'll probably find a guy with a beard and a hat and a, and a golden retriever, and that'll be me. Um, Love it. My at is like at J Thomas underscore underscore. It'll be in the description. Twitter. We'll make it easier. <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We right. got to get you. Jake Thomas. We got to call Elon and get you the proper handle. You know, we gotta get... <laughs> you're the, the Jake Thomas. Um, awesome. Your newsletter is genuinely one of the ones that I like read every single week because it's just so valuable. I read it before we got on this interview and I was just like, oh, I want to go like make vi- you know new episodes and apply all this <laughs> stuff. So like truly, I think if people put into practice what we discussed today, their creator journey will drastically change. And I just said, acknowledge you for, you know, really tapping into this, this focus. Cause like you said, like not, you were like, why isn't no one else doing this? You know? And it's like, you're, people get caught up in a lot of the wrong things. And at the core of it, it's like, I mean, you can have the greatest video. You can even have a good like thumbnail But typically people look at the thumbnail and they also look at the titles and especially on an audio, like for audio platforms, like it's just a title game. And I like, like you said, it's like the psychology behind it is really drastically important. But I kind of, I've realized like everything with online stuff is like everything is a hook. Like truly everything is a hook from YouTube videos to newsletters to book titles, like everything is a hook. And when you can really be like, okay, I'm not great at this, but I'm getting better and I'm trying this and I understand this. I mean, I just think that truly that's going to make the difference from your, your content getting five views to 5 million over time. Yeah. One of, one of my best uh, posts on Twitter is uh, 90% of people are making their YouTube videos backwards. You know, here's the right way to make their, make your YouTube videos. Um, And that was, uh, that was on Twitter. I got that, the idea for that hook from so ninety percent of people are decluttering backwards. So it was like a decluttering YouTube channel for like a YouTube advice Twitter thread, and I—that's like kind of the epitome of like what I want to teach people in the newsletter. Is like if something works, like you can often use that same psychology, and you know, for any platform, and that'll do well. Love it, super impactful. I want everybody to sign up for the newsletter. It literally will change like your creator journey, like trajectory, drastically. I truly mean that. Um, Love it, man. Why well, I'm so grateful for your time, for serving, you know, the audience here, for helping me. My brain chemistry has changed forever. I'm starting to every time this is the second interview I've done for this <laughs> show, and like every time I'm like my literally my brain has just changed forever. I want to end the interview with you. Look at titles all day. You're obsessed with them. You know, maybe too obsessed with them. I'll let you know your spouse decide. You know, but you see a lot of stuff. You see what works and you see what doesn't work. What is the one thing if you're like, if you could just grab somebody by, you know, kindly, you know, you grab my shirt here, <laughs> you'd be like, do not make this mistake with your titles. What would that be? Uh, probably, there's a couple things, but probably be clear, not clever. Mm, um, break I that think down. People, people like, like, oh, I got to write a cool title and I got to do this and that. Um, no, just be clear. Like if somebody, especially, you know, today there's just so much content that people are just scrolling kind of, they're making a split a split second decision. They're also not trying to put in a ton of effort into making that decision because there's so many options. So you just need to be crystal clear. Like this is what my video is about. Um, 
if, if it's like too long, too wordy, like if you're using jargon or just like trying to like be like fancy and be clever, people are going to be like, yeah, I don't know what this is about. Uh, next, next, next. Love it. That is extremely, I mean, dude, back to what you said, when you started writing titles where you almost got fired, you said you were looking at like Harry Potter's chapter titles, right? And it's like, that only works because like you've already bought in Harry Potter. You've already bought the <laughs> yes. book. So she can put whatever 100%. there, right? But it's like, no, no, no. Like those are clever because it's, I mean, it's Harry Potter. We're not wizards over here, you know? Uh, so like, that's such a prime example. Like people try to get too fancy, too cool. And it's like, at the like it's foundational basics. It's, it's like too simple that it frustrates me but it i i've seen it in what you've shared and all these examples in the newsletter and i'm like it's basics like you go back to the basics every single time it's not until you can you know maybe you get millions of subscribers that then you can get you know clever and you would still get your core audience but you actually would probably not get new audiences that much right so i love that that. 100 truly like such a powerful way to close it out i am so grateful my title is about to be changed forever. Everyone listening, please apply this. You no longer want to be in the the category of my titles suck. And there's no reason that you should be if you take everything that Jake said and just apply it. So any final words, anything else you'd want to close out with, man? I'm just grateful for your time and uh, just appreciate you. You treat everything like a fun learning experiment and uh, and you know, try to get better, one, you know, 1% better every time. Uh, that's been my goal and that has served me very well. And I, I think that anybody could do that. Um, yeah, anybody could have success online if they just get a little bit better every single time. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I value it. I'm super grateful for you. Again, my name is Chris Jordan, and I will see you in the next episode.